Hello, people of Earth and Anchor and Spotify podcast listeners. Welcome to this week's Midday Movie Madness podcast form. I'm your lovely host, Movie Guru. As always, especially in these times, I would like to start the show off with a huge virtual high five to all the hardworking medical workers out there. Today, Alan Shevitz, Emma Roberts, Chloe Gress-Morez, Laura Dern, Stephanie Beatrix, who voices Encanto's Mirabelle, and Elizabeth Banks get to blow up birthday candles. Wow! Today marks exactly 82 years since fierce cartoon cat and mouse rivals Tom and Jerry first entertained audiences with their rivalry and their slapstick humor. Today is also the debut date for Miley Cyrus's 2009 song The Climb, 2013's 2012's Safe House and Journey to the Mysterious Island, 1995's Billy Madison, and the 2017 films The Lego Batman Movie and Fifty Shades Darker, among others. A belated birthday shout-out to my cousin Natalie Sharborough, whose birthday was yesterday. Carol King, Tom Hiddleston, and Michael B. Jordan also had birthdays yesterday as well. I would like to wish my cousin Naomi Engelman and her fiancé Josh a belated congratulations on their February 4th engagement. Speaking of family members and shout-outs, an early happy birthday to both my brother Charlie Engelman, who just completed his senior art show yesterday. Congratulations, Charlie! And to my cousin Glenn Engelman's son, Levi. They share the exact same birthday of February 15th, along with Simpsons creator Matt Groening, Kristen Parrish, Kayla Nicholson, and the late Chris Farley. Levi turns one years old, while Charlie turns 34. Happy birthday, guys. I hope you like your gifts that are coming in the mail. I would also like to wish Abraham Wolf and his sisters, Sevilla and Avigala Wolf of Israel, an early Yom Alehet Sameach. That means happy birthday in Hebrew. The girls turn four within the week, and Abraham will be turning 11 on February 12th. Happy early birthdays to all. Monday happens to be Valentine's Day, the Christian feast holiday that has since evolved into a significant commercial celebration and cultural celebration of romance and love in many parts of the world. It's a day to show the people that you love whether it's a significant other, a spouse, close friends, parents, siblings, family members, teachers, etc., how much you love and care for them. Monday also happens to be the birthdays of Freddie Highmore, Simon Pegg, Simon Cowell's son Eric, as well as Warren and Karen Phillips' wedding anniversary. 1991, Silence of the Lambs, 1992's Wayne's World, 2013, Safe Haven, 2019's Isn't It Romantic, Fighting With My Family, Happy Death Day to You, and Alita Battle Angel, 2020's Sonic the Hedgehog and Fantasy Island, 1997's Vegas Vacation and Fools Rush In, along with Michael Jackson's 1983 song Beat It, among many others, also debuted that day as well. After living through nearly two years of a seemingly endless pandemic, It turns out this weekend, Americans were in desperate need of a major belly-gut laugh, which totally explains how Paramount's Jackass Forever catapulted former reigning champion Spider-Man No Way Home 
down to the third place with a 23 and a half million laugh haul and a powerful and positive word of mouth, something the previous Jackass films didn't have. The raunchy comedy joined Scream, which, as I mentioned last week, is already getting a sequel, which we'll be filming this summer, as the second Paramount film to open at number one this year. Its victory is pretty impressive and surprising because it's been quite a while since a pure comedy has claimed the top spot on the box office charts. In... Jumping to first place, Jackass Forever finally took down reigning champion Spider-Man No Way Home, which spent six of the last eight weeks in number one. It also has the highest Rotten Tomatoes critic score of the series, with 87%. As for last weekend's other new release, Roland Emmerich's disaster epic Moonfall, well, uh, it had less to celebrate than Jackass Forever. The science fiction catastrophe brought in only 10.1 million moon rocks. That's pretty disastrous considering its price tag is, oh, $140 million to produce, one of the most expensive independent films in history. Moviegoers weren't too kind either, sticking it with an unenthusiastic C-plus cinema score. Youch. Well, I guess no one really wants to see a movie about the end of the world during a global pandemic. Given the light release schedule, Moonfall managed to edge into second place on the charts. It just beat out Spider-Man No Way Home, which dropped to the third spot in its eighth weekend of release. The comic book adventure, which just secured one single Oscar nomination just for visual effects, made $9.6 million. After two months on the big screen, the latest Spidey story has grossed an eye-popping $748.9 million at the domestic box office. So that means Spidey is just $11.1 million away from toppling James Cameron's 2009 blockbuster Avatar, which made $760 million as history's third biggest domestic release, if you're not adjusting for inflation, which we are not. At the worldwide box office, however, well, Avatar holds the all-time record with $2.802 billion. Spider-Man is still holding strong in sixth place with $1.77 billion. But since it hasn't debuted yet in China, the world's biggest theatrical market, it may have trouble cracking the coveted $2 billion mark, a threshold only five films have ever crashed. But none of those films ever debuted during a pandemic. And Spidey fans, beware. Brace yourselves. Variety.com revealed yesterday Oscar winner Russell Crowe has entered the Spider-Verse. The Gladiator star has joined the cast of Craven the Hunter in an unspecified role. Aaron Taylor Johnson is starring the title role as one of Spider-Man's most deadly antagonists. Crowe is best known for his immersive roles in the likes of The Insider and Master Commander. Most of them pitched toward all the audiences. But he's no stranger to the world of superheroes and spandex. He previously played Jor-El, father to Superman, and Zack Snyder's Man of Steel. He's also due to enter the Marvel Cinematic Universe in Taika Waititi's Thor Love and Thunder. Craven the Hunter will be released theatrically on June 13, 2023. Let the 94th Annual Academy Awards Race begin! 
The anticipated Oscar nominees were announced Tuesday morning, and a handful of films that were theater exclusive last year were showered with some love, and there were quite a handful of surprises. The Path of the Dog director Jane Campion's nod for Best Director makes the New Zealand Hallmark the first woman filmmaker to have two career nominations in the Best Director category. She was previously up for the piano. Power of the Dog took home a leading 12 nominations. Coda's Tori Coatser became the very first male deaf actor to be up for the Academy Award for Best Supporting Actor. And Belfast director Kenneth Branagh became the first person to be up in seven individual Oscar categories, bypassing Alfonso Curion, George Clooney, and even Walt Disney, who are recognized in six. Lin-Manuel Miranda is this close to achieving EGOT status. That means he's, he'll be an Emmy, Grammy, Oscar, and Tony winner. After receiving an Oscar nomination in the Best Original Song category for Encantos Dos Arigutas, he already has his Emmy, Tony, and Grammy awards. Husband and wife Penelope Cruz and Javier Bardem got his and her lead acting nominations. Bardem for his role in Being the Ricardos and Cruz for her role in Parallel Mothers. Riz Ahmed's hybrid animated doc Flea, which tells the story of an Afghan refugee's trek to his new home in Copenhagen, got nominated in three big categories. Best International Feature Film, Best Animated Film, and Best Documentary. This is the first time a film has been nominated in all three categories in the Academy's near-century-long history. Now, to rephrase Encanto's The Family Madrigal song, so let's turn the sound up. You know why? I think it's time for an Oscar nominee roundup. Oscar nominee roundup. The intense best picture fight will be fought between The Power of the Dog, King Richard, Dune, Belfast, Drive My Car, Coda, West Side Story, Don't Look Up, Liquor, Pizza, and Nightmare Alley. Aside from Campion and Brana, people vying for the best director statue are Paul Thomas Anderson for Licorice Pizza, Raisuki Hamaguchi for Drive My Car, and Steven Spielberg for West Side Story. Aside from Bardem, the best actor race consists of Benedict Cumberbatch, The Power of the Dog, Andrew Garfield, Tick, Tick, Boom, Denzel Washington, The Tragedy Macbeth, and Will Smith, King Richard. Apart from Cruz, the Best Actress category comprises of Olivia Coleman for The Lost Daughter, Kristen Stewart, Spencer, Nicole Kidman, Being the Ricardos, and Jessica Chastain, The Eyes of Tammy Faye. Apart from Coteser, those going for the Best Supporting Actor are Cody Smith-McPhee, The Power of the Dog, J.K. Simmons, Being the Ricardos, Jesse Plemons, The Power of the Dog, and Ciceron Hines, Belfast. The Best Supporting Actor statue will go to either Anjanumwe Elis, King Richard, Ariana DeBoss, West Side Story, Kirsten Dunst, The Power of the Dog, Jesse Buckley, The Lost Daughter, or Judy Dench, Belfast. The Best Original Screenplay race is between King Richard, Belfast, Licorice Pizza, Don't Look Up, and The Worst Person in the World. Well, the best adapted screenplay race will either go with The Power of the Dog, Coda, 
Drive My Car, Dune, or The Lost Daughter. Apart from Flea, the best animated feature film fight is between Encanto, Luca, The Mitchells vs. the Machine, and Raya and the Last Dragon. Whereas the anim- best animated short film is- category is made up of Robin, Robin, Box Ballet, The Windshield Wiper, Affairs of the Art, and Bestia. Apart from Flea, going up for best documentary feature is Summer of Soul, Ascension, Attica, and Riding with Fire. Excluding Flea, the Best International Feature Film Award will go home with either Drive My Car, The Worst Person in the World, Lunana, A Yak in a Classroom, or The Hand of God. Both the Best Production Design and the Best Cinematography category nominees are exactly the same. They are Dune, Nightmare Alley, West Side Story, The Power of the Dog, and The Tragedy of Macbeth. Going for Best Film Editing are Dune, Don't Look Up, Tick Tick Boom, King Richard, and The Power of the Dog. The Best Hair... The best makeup and hairstyling category will be between The Eyes of Pammy Faye, The Halves of Gucci, Cruella, Dune, and Coming to America. Sashaying into the best costume design race are Cruella, Siriano, Nightmare Alley, West Side Story, and Dune. Best sound nominees are West Side Story, Dune, No Time to Die, Belfast, and The Power of the Dog. Best visual effects will either will go to either Dune, the aforementioned Spider-Man No Way Home, Free Guy, Godzilla vs. Kong, or Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. Best Original Score nominees are for Dune, The Power of the Dog, Encanto, Parallel Mothers, and Don't Look Up. Aside from Encanto's Dorf's Arigutes, the other Best Original Song nominees are No Time to Die from No Time to Die, Somehow You Do from Four Good Days, Belfast Down to Joy, and Be Alive from King Richard. Best Documentary Short Subject nominees are Audible, The Queen of Basketball, Leave Me Home, When We Were Bullies, and Three Songs from Ben Nassar. And the Best Live Action Short Film Contenders are The Long Goodbye, On My Mind, Please Hold, Awakachu, Take and Run, and The Dress. Of course, there were major snubs. While House of Gucci's main focus was on its leading star, Lady Gaga, she was fashionably left out in the cold, and the film only got one nomination. Also snubbed were Don't Look Up, Leonardo DiCaprio, Belfast, Catriona, Valve, Netflix's Passing, Respects Jennifer Hudson, which means I have to make good on my Respect Mini review from August, since I didn't get anything in willingly watch 2018's Phantom. Sing 2, Rita Moreno, Francis McDormand from The Te- Tragedy of Macbeth, Aaron Sorkin, or even Dune director Danny Villeneuve, among others. So far, no host has been announced for the prestigious award ceremony, which takes place March 27th. Speaking of Oscar nominees, game on! Time to kick off the annual Best Picture Spotlight Contender Spotlight. Hoping to win the best picture tennis match is the biographical film King Richard, starring the aforementioned acting nominees Will Smith and Anjanue Ve Ellis, sorry if I messed that up, along with 
Siania Sydney, Demi Singleton, Tony Goldwyn, and John Berthamel. The November 19, 2001 release, 2021 film, which is out on DVD this week, recounts how tennis superstars Serena and Venus Williams, who are exec producers on this film, became the tennis champs they are due to their father and coach, Richard Williams. The drama, which, as I just said, arrives on the DVD courts this week, served up $30 million in theaters, and it got six nominations for next month's ceremony. Did you know that this is the fourth biopic for Will Smith after 2001's Ali, 2015's The Pursuit, 2015's Concussion, and 2006's The Pursuit of Happiness? And left-handed Sania Sydney had never played tennis before, and she had to learn how to play like Venus Williams, who's right-handed. Her intense Monday through Friday training routine involved many hours of watching videos of Venus ranging from her victories at major tournaments like Wimbledon and the U.S. Open, a strict exercise routine, and a strict diet. Also kicking off this year's Best Picture Contender Spotlight is Apple TV Plus's coming-of-age comedy drama, Coda, starring Amelia Jones and Genio Derbez, Best Supporting Actor nominee, Troy Kotzer, the very first male deaf nominee for that category, Marlene Matlin, Ferdia Walsh-Pilo, and Dana Duran. The film centers on Ruby, the titular coda, that means child of deaf adults, the only hearing member of a deaf family who tries to balance going to school while helping her family's floundering fishing business. Her life changes when she discovers her talent for standing during choir class and wants to audition to go to Berkeley. It's an, the English language remake of the 2014 French film La Famille Bellier was shot in Gloucester, Massachusetts and was released in theaters and through the Apple TV Plus streaming service August 13, 2021. As I stated a few minutes ago, it got three nominations, Best Picture, Best Supporting Actor, and Best Adapted Screenplay, becoming Apple's first film starring predominantly deaf and non-hearing cast members like Couture, Matlin, and Durant in leading roles to be up in this category. Did you know that Amelia Jones spent nine months learning American Sign Language, having singing lessons, and learning how to operate a fishing trowel? And Daniel Duran and Marley Matlin both had recurring roles on the Switched at Birth TV show which also featured many deaf characters. Speaking of Oscar contenders, magically appearing on DVD this week is the musical coming-of-age fantasy film Encanto, up for Best Original Song, Best Original Score, and Best Animated Feature Film. This November 24th release, which had which has made $234.2 million, stars the voices of Stephanie Beatrix, John Leguizamo, Maria Cilio Botero, Jessica Darrow, and Wilmer Valderrama. Deep in the mountains of Colombia lies a little town whose heart is the magical, magical family, whose magical house has been blessed with an encanto. Each family member has been granted a magical gift 
that allows them to help the community in some way. One member can hear far away, while another can heal ailments with food, and yet another has super strength. Every madrigal has a gift, except for one, Mirabelle, and she soon discovers she might be her family's last hope when she discovers the magic surrounding the Encanto is now in danger. According to the Internet Movie Database, the artist had to fight for Louisa to be buff, according to character designer Dylan Ekron. And in musical slang, a madrigal is a song in which multiple people sing overlapping melodies, just like the family members do in the catchy We Don't Talk About Bruno hit song. Also on DVD this week is Best Documentary Feature nominee, Summer of Soul, starring Stevie Wonder, Nina Simone, Sly and his family Sloan, Gladys Knight and the Pips, B.B. King, and among others. Amir Questlove Thompson's directorial debut presents a powerful documentary, part historical record and part music film, created around an epic event that celebrated black fashion, culture, and history. Over six weeks in summer 1969, just 100 miles south of Woodstock, the Harlem Cultural Festival was filmed in Mount Morris Park, now called Mar Marcus Garvey Park. The footage was largely forgotten up until now. This film shines a light on the importance of history to our spiritual well-being and stands as a treatment to the healing power of music during times of unrest, both in the past and in the present. On the subject of nominees, the Golden Raspberry Awards, the polar opposite of the Oscars, i.e. the Worst Movie Awards, announced their contenders Monday. The biggest contender was Netflix's Diane the Musical, a film version of the Broadway play, which only had 33 performances before it closed, which got a leading nine nominations. Jared Leto is up for Worst Supporting Actor for his role as Paolo in House of Gucci, and LeBron James is up for Worst Actor for his part in the atrocious Space Jam A New Legacy. 66-year-old Bruce Willis has been given his own special category this year, Worst Performance by Bruce Willis in a 2021 movie, after he was in eight panned awful films in just one year. Also offered double nominee Amy Adams, Infinite, Ben Affleck, among many others. The Razzie winners, and I use that term extremely loosely, loosely will be announced March 26. I have some other news before I get to this week's few new releases. Remember, I talked about Death on the Nile last week. First off, last night the world learned what caused 65-year-old Bob Saget's unexpected death last month on the 9th. TVLine.com reported yesterday, the authorities have determined that Bob passed from head trauma, his family said in a statement per E! Online. They have concluded that he accidentally hit the back of his head on something, thought nothing of it, and went to sleep. No drugs or alcohol were involved. Sad. In better news, great news, Futurama fans. Variety.com announced last night Futurama is being revived at Hulu. Variety has learned the streaming service has ordered 20 new episodes of the adult animated sci-fi comedy series. The revival hails from David X. Cohen and Matt Groening. Original cast members Billy West, Katie Siegel, Tress 
McNeil, Maurice Lamarck, Lauren Tom, Phil Lamar, and David Herman will all return. John DiMaggio, who voiced Bender in several minor characters, is not currently attached. According to an individual with knowledge of the project, the producers are hopeful DiMaggio will return. TV Insider reported some big news last night. On May 25, 1977, Star Wars was released in theaters. In 2022, fans will have something new to celebrate on that day, too. Disney Plus has announced that Obi-Wan Kenobi, featuring Ewan McGregor reprising his role as the iconic Jedi Master, will debut on May 25th. The limited series begins 10 years after the dramatic events of Star Wars Revenge of the Sith, when Obi-Wan Kenobi faced his greatest defeat, the downfall and corruption of his best friend and Jedi apprentice, Anakin Skywalker who turned to the dark side as evil Sith Lord Darth Vader, the logline teases. Hayden Christensen is also returning as Darth Vader. Plus, Quentin Tarantino is expecting a second child. Out on, in both theaters and simultaneous streaming on Peacock, February 11th is the romantic musical dramedy, Marry Me, starring Jennifer Lopez, Owen Wilson, Maluma, John Bradley, and Sarah Silverman. Latin pop star Kat Valdez discovers that her on-stage singing partner and her fiancé has been having a affair behind her back with her assistant right before her live concert, which was intended to be their recorded wedding. Feeling totally betrayed, Kat chooses to marry a stranger. Single dad Charlie Gilbert who is holding a Marry Me sign by accident in the concert crowd. Kat and Charlie come from two very different worlds and now must figure out how their two lives will merge. Speaking of Peacock streaming films, Variety.com announced last night the remake of Stephen King's Firestarter starring Zac Efron, Ryan Keir's Armstrong, and Sidney Lemon, which dropped its first trailer yesterday, will be getting a day-and-date release on the streamer and in theaters. The horror film about a young girl who mysteriously develops pyrokinetic powers arrives in theaters and on Peacock on May 13th, conveniently, which is on a Friday. Also coming to Peacock this weekend is the drama streaming service Bel Air, starring Jabari Banks, Adrian Holmes, Cassandra Freeman, Coco Jones, and Jordan L. Jones. The reboot and drama version of the sitcom The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air centers on Will Smith's complicated trek from the streets of West Philadelphia to the gated mansion of Bel-Air. In theaters nationwide, February 11th is this week's other major release, the action flick Blacklight, starring Aidan Quinn and Liam Neeson. In the film, shady government operative Travis Block discovers a plot targeting U.S. citizens and finds himself the target of the FBI director he once helped to protect. And finally, arriving on Amazon Prime tomorrow, February 11th, is the rom-com I Want You Back, starring Charlie Day, Jenny Slate, Gina Rodriguez, Scott Eastwood, and Mason Gooding. Peter and Emma are two 30-somethings who have been left by, each, left by their respective partners, 
unwilling to admit that their relationships are down the toilet and are terrified of being forever single, the two decide to team up to win their exes back by destroying their new relationships. That's all for this week, folks. Join me next week or later on this week for a football fun flashback fun as the video game adaptation Uncharted finally opens in theaters. Old Leatherface revs up his chainsaw for his Netflix debut film, a direct sequel to the 1974 original, a Best Picture nominee that finger snaps its way to Disney Plus and HBO Max, March 2nd hits the Best Picture spotlight, and a lot more. So until then, my minions, as always, stay safe, wash your hands, wear your masks, and watch lots of movies, either in theaters if you can get to them safely, on one of the multiple streaming platforms out there, or on good old DVDs. Bye!